welcome to the Positively Pro-Life podcast. Positively Pro-Life is brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation and aims to bring you inspirational stories and conversation, important legislative updates, and informative interviews as we seek to restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm your host, Maria Gallagher, Legislative Director of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. My co-host, Education Director Remmel Tenney, is on vacation. So filling in for her today is our Executive Director, Christopher Pushaw. Welcome to Positively Pro-Life, Chris. Thanks, Maria. We're continuing the uh, the guest mojo for the past couple of weeks while Remmel's away. Yes, we are. You know, Chris, you can be of any faith or no faith at all and adopt a pro-life position. But it is important that people of faith be counted in the pro-life movement. Joining us today is a key leader in Pennsylvania's community of faith who will offer his perspective on the life issues playing out in the Keystone State. But first, we have a legislative update. You know, with the barrage of bad news which bombards us each day, it can be difficult to peer into the darkness and see the silver lining. But the fact is the pro-life movement is filled with silver linings. This season, I am grateful for so many things. For pregnant women who against all odds choose life for their unborn children. For fathers of preborn babies who stand ready to assist the mothers of those children for grandparents who lovingly provide a safe haven for children during tough times, for pregnancy care center workers and volunteers who give of themselves to help pregnant women in distressing circumstances find peace, for doctors who defend life from its promising beginning to its natural end, for faithful pro-life legislators who with each vote demonstrate their dedication to the most vulnerable among us. For visual artists, musical artists, and others who use their talents to promote the cause of life. For writers who through their brilliant words lead people to appreciate life. For the staff and volunteers at National Right to Life affiliates throughout the country who are rebuilding a culture of life one heart at a time and for 4D ultrasounds, which have revolutionized the way we look at the preborn child. With that, I wish you a glorious holiday season. And now to our guest. Eric Failing is the executive director of the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference. The conference is the public policy arm of the Catholic bishops of PA, who work to bring love of neighbor into the corridors of the Capitol in Harrisburg. Eric Failing, welcome to Positively Pro-Life. Oh, thank you, Maria. Thank you for having me back again. Uh, Chris, good to see you again as well. So thank you. Good to see you, Eric. The last time we talked, I believe we were in a little cafe in Harrisburg. So this is, uh, <laughs> this is a nice reunion. It is. It is. <laughs> Eric, for those who are not familiar, what is the mission of the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference? Well, you know, Maria, I think you stated it beautifully. Uh, so um, the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference is the official Public relations are of all the uh, all of our Catholic bishops in Pennsylvania. Um, so you know, I, I tell people that and I say, well, what does that mean? I say, well, you know, our job is to is to take the teachings of the church, the love of the church, and uh, and spread that that joy to everybody in Pennsylvania. Um, one of the things we do in particular is uh, we work uh, with legislators on both sides of the aisle up in Harrisburg uh, and their staffers 
uh, to try to uh, educate them and, and let them know the issues that are important to the church and important to the faith. Um, and as you know, when I was interviewing for the position, one of the one of our bishops beautifully, as I was asking, you know, what exactly would my role be? You know, how how would I do this this job? What do you expect? You know, and and the bishop said, "Look, we we have a lot of legislators, Republicans and Democrats, and occasionally some independents in Harrisburg and and all their staff. The job of the PCC is the job of any Catholic is to reach out to them, find common ground, make friends, find out what they're interested in, what they what they like, what they don't like, what they're afraid of, what they look forward to, and and try to find that commonality to show them the love of God, and and to show them." Uh, how Catholics express that. So that's what we do. Okay, very good. And how did you personally come to hold your pro-life views? Oh, from the earliest of memories, um, very, very devout um, uh, Christian family background. Uh, my my father was a devout Wesleyan Methodist. My mother, uh, I always used to joke, um, God rest her soul, uh, very devout little Irish Catholic girl. Um, so I was raised in in both traditions, uh, but one that was solid pro-life. I, I cannot tell you the number of times my mother would go and, and and pray outside of a local abortion center we had in Delaware where I grew up. And and she would always come back and 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 ask all of us kids um to pray not just for the babies and the unborn, uh, but to pray for all the all the poor women uh who were there, who were scared, um, who didn't know what to do, uh, and to pray for them to make the 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 right choices. Uh, and then she always told us to pray for those those folks who worked at that abortion center so they would have a convergence of heart. I mean, it was it was really a family where we were taught to, to love everybody, uh, meet everybody where they are, love everybody. Um, and really just the, the sanctity of life was was the number one concern. Wow. What a wonderful example to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in, and it's interesting you mentioned that, Eric, because Marie and I were at a breakfast meeting just this morning, and we were stressing the importance of just that, which is to meet people where they are. And I think as Catholics, uh, you know, we're kind of uniquely positioned to do that. You know, you never know where people are in their journey or their pro-life journey or what stories they have. Um, but I think it's critical to, to, to understand that and to, you know, be a Christian first and foremost um, before you dive deeper into, you know, what, you know, where, where they are in that in, in terms of, of of the political ideology of the pro-life movement. It's also interesting. Uh, I have a very similar background. My mother was a devout Italian Catholic and she was the mother of five and I was the caboose and she was encouraged <laughs> to abort me. Um, but she married, uh, as, I, as she would call him, a, a Mitagon mutt from from Maine. Uh, who was kind of, I would say, tacitly Lutheran and eventually had his own faith-based conversion. But but it's it's interesting how you say how what an instrumental role that mothers uh, truly play, um, not not just in the movement, but in instilling that compassion and acceptance and love for people. Yeah. And, what, you know, one of the things my mother always taught me and my father both uh, was that <laughs> you can make all the plans you want to and and you know, sit back, enjoy the silence. And if you're, if you're quiet enough and reflective enough, you may actually hear God laugh when you explain <laughs> all those plans and what you're actually going to do. Um, my son, who's, he's grown and out of the nest and I'm very, very proud. He's, he's doing very, very well, uh, professionally, personally, um, around the board. I'm very, very blessed. Um, but, uh, I always joke, um, he came right on time, give or take six years. Um, from a, 
my professional standpoint, he could not have come at a worse time. Um, I had just started law school and um, we'd been married for about a year and surprise, you know, kind of a thing. And uh, I remember just sitting in prayer going, what am I going to do? And then just feeling this calm uh, that came over me um, and just remembered my mother saying, go ahead and, and give God a good laugh and uh, tell him what your plans are. Um, and then just realize that he's going to take care of you, right? And, and people get so wrapped up in their plans and so wrapped up in their political affiliations and so wrapped up in the way they think things have to go. If they were just to go, God's going to take care of this situation um, and put that faith in, uh, I think we would all be much better off. That's Absolutely. wonderfully sad. Now, why are the bishops of Pennsylvania so concerned about the life issues? Oh, well, it's it's pre preeminent issue in the faith, right? I mean, the uh, U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops just came together again, and they just uh, restated that, uh, you know, that coming into the 24 election cycle, that that abortion is 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 a preeminent issue that we have to be concerned about. Um, the the unborn um, have to be protected. Uh, all life is precious. Um, you know, as they say, from womb to tomb. Um, and we and we have to do everything to make sure that that, that the, the sanctity of life is 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 protected and taken care of. Um, you know, and there's there's a lot of different ways we can go about that um, through education, through love, through prayer, uh, through public advocacy. Um, but but never can we just simply uh, sit back on our heels and go, oh, well, this this issue is too big or, oh, well, this issue is too politically charged or, oh, well, there's nothing I can do. Everybody can do something. Um, and again, it, it goes back to that faith in God. And those Catholic bishops, they they really encourage us as citizens mm -hmm. to be involved. They and do. I know you have a vast network of grassroots activists made up of the faithful that really have influence sure. on public policy. Sure. You know, it's, it's you know, with the Catholic Church and with the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference, uh, we're a 501c3. We can't tell people how to vote. We never will tell people how to vote. Um, but there, there are issues that are important, and, and people need to understand that. And we are blessed um, with so many strong organizations around the state um, who are fighting for these same uh, moral causes, like the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. Um, as you know, Christopher, Maria, uh, you know, we, the three of us work together in Harrisburg all the time. Um, you know, not only trying to push good pro-life legislation, but sadly, more and more nowadays on the defense, right, for from really dangerous, dangerous pieces of legislation um, that uh, some of the pro-choice folks are trying to push through. And to your, to your point, Eric, I think this also got brought up during our meeting. We have a little bit more latitude because obviously the Federation has the luxury of focusing particularly on this issue. And from your perspective, I know the church obviously is a strong proponent of life issues. Um, just in my own tenure, I was very heartened to see you know Bishop Gaynor, who stepped down or retired as Bishop of Harrisburg, was succeeded by uh, Bishop Sr., uh, who is who is ardently pro-life. So it, it it's good to see that that continuity and, and especially as you said to have these kind of uh kindred fallback spirits uh mutually reinforcing us other each other uh in this battle. You know, we're involved in a lot of issues, all the issues that quite frankly we should be to protect a um you know the the love and, and, and kindness of, of everybody in Pennsylvania, uh, the sanctity of life for everybody in the Commonwealth. Uh, the bishops want us to be actively involved in issues. Um 
but I cannot remember any meeting that I've ever had with a group of bishops as a as a body um, or as a bishop individually where I wasn't asked specifically where are we on pro life issues? What's going on with pro life issues? It is it is it is the question I always get asked. And one of the things that um, we often overlook or neglect to talk about with regard to pro life is the importance of adoption, and Absolutely. and certainly. Um, People of the Catholic faith have been actively involved in adoption yeah. and um, trying to strengthen families that way. Sure, adoption and foster care. I mean, these these are areas that the Catholic Church has been involved in from my goodness the beginning, right? Uh, right. It's a uh, it's a it's a it's a loving testament to life. Um, it's a loving testament to to sharing the love of Christ with uh, with all of us uh, and all of those around you. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a it's a beautiful expression of faith. And on on the heels of that, I just my sister forwarded me an article from Town Hall that Ryan Bomberger wrote, lived in nearby Lancaster and runs the Radiance Foundation. I believe he was a former uh, banquet keynote speaker for the Federation as well as my local chapter. But he he was uh, conceived in rape, yeah. and he was one of I think over twenty kids that were adopted uh, by these very loving parents in Lancaster. But he just very recently wrote a very beautiful article about the power of adoption uh, and the power of love that that undergirds that through uh, his parents' example. Now, Eric, how can legislation help to promote or to detract from a culture of life? You know, a culture of life is a very good way to put it. Um, as a matter of fact, we uh, were a very happy piece of legislation just passed, uh, bipartisan support, strong bipartisan support. Um, just hit the governor's desk and it was signed. And, and, and this is one that tried to tackle the issue surrounding uh, medically fragile infants. Um, so this can take a lot of different forms, but but think uh, a drug addicted baby, right? Um, they obviously cannot uh, often take um, mother's milk for reasons uh, that I think are pretty evident. Um, we do know that in some cases, formula just doesn't work as well, and they can develop a disease that's about 85 letters long that I can never pronounce. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the terrifying thing is if they do contract that, um, the mortality rates go up quite quite shockingly. Um, so this is a bill that seeks to ensure that those medically fragile infants, especially uh, of, the, of the poorest families out there, um, have access to donor human milk. Um, so we're able to get that through. Um, and you know, that that supports a culture of life. We know these children are going to die if they do not get this. Um, this is legislation that ensures that they will get that. Uh, we've worked on on legislation to promote legislation uh, to try to investigate the, uh, the rising um, uh, trend of maternal mortality that is going up. We don't really know why. We certainly don't know why it seems to be going up more uh, among women of color. Um, but that is an issue that we've tackled this session and in and, and prior sessions as well. We got some legislation through um, as, as a way to try to, to figure out what exactly is going on with that. Um, human trafficking. Now, you know, I, I talk about that a lot. It's something that the bishops have, have been very interested in and in tackling for years and years and years, decades. Um, but Pennsylvania is one of the premier states, sadly, for human trafficking. Now, what do we know about human trafficking? We know um, that it is, is a, it's such a, a painful and destructive thing. Um, that's that that's a given. Uh, the fact that it's still happening today, the fact that in America it's it's probably more prevalent than 
most other countries and not every other country. It's just, it's abysmally sad. Here's what else we know. 71% of human trafficking victims have had at least one pregnancy. 21% of human trafficking victims have had five or more pregnancies. Now, let's be realistic. What do we think is going to happen when a victim who's being sexually trafficked has their fifth kid? Do we really think that their enslavers are going to throw a baby shower for them? No. Those are all going to be abortions. We can attack abortions at the same time, attack a scourge on society, and, and, and try to shut down some of these human traffickers all at the same time. Um, so those are just a couple of the examples in the space that we're working on. But, you know, in terms of bills to, to promote the culture of life, they're there. Um, but but I would be remiss in saying we really have to take a good, hard look at some of the legislation that's out there right now, because there is a lot that does just the opposite, seeks to do just the opposite, seeks to destroy the culture of life in the Commonwealth. Um, very ill-conceived, dangerous pieces of legislation um, some that is, is already moving in the process, and we anticipate a bunch more will probably start moving in 2024. Yeah, and Marianne, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry, no, no, no I just said I, I know it's hard enough to get bipartisan support these days on anything, but particularly to get it on issues that I think bring forth the humanity of the child and the destruction that abortion wreaks, um, and to kind of build those bridges uh, legislatively. We really support your efforts in that regard. Thank you. Now, over the, the past decade and a half, we have obviously seen the rise of social media. Mm-hmm. And one of the changes I've seen is that the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference is really involved in social media and you really are out there yeah. to spread the message there. And and tell people how you go about doing that. You know what? I would like to say thank you, Maria. I've, I've, I've done a lot of work in that space and it's all because <laughs> of me. It has absolutely nothing to do. So we, we hired a brand new director of communications. He's absolutely fabulous. Um, he handles all of that for us. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Al Ganoza, uh, was a TV personality for, for many years and, in 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 the market in central Pennsylvania and elsewhere. Um, uh, but he is just such a wonderful, wonderful pro-life, uh, Catholic to work with. Um, he has done um, just last year. He was doing a series um, every month. He always sort of referred to it as you know television sweeps, <laughs> but every month, where every month he was focusing on a different aspect of um, uh, pro life. Right. So one month he would focus on maternal mortality, and he'd bring in Republicans, he'd bring in Democrats, he'd bring in advocates, he'd bring in uh, experts from the field, and he was interviewing them and trying to promote those issues. Um, so maternal mortality, he did uh, doula services for for pregnant women who needed that extra support, um, uh, childhood vaccinations, um, postpartum depression screening, and 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 why we needed to extend the insurance coverage out farther than what it was at the time, um, because it just it. it it wasn't catching all the uh, the problems that we needed to catch. Um, it was a it was it was a wonderful wonderful series. He's continued that again um, in, into this session. And Al has a wonderful ability to walk into uh, the most diehard Republican or the most diehard Democrat and sit down and just talk with them, uh, find out what they're interested in, uh, find out what they're trying to do, and most importantly, why. Right. Because you really can't find that common ground. You really can't love people into our faith until you understand the why. And he's very, very good at that. Um, 
he uh, he he does a lot on our social media account on Twitter or Facebook. He's uh, he's got his own podcast. He does a radio show for us. He's he's like a one man media machine. So we're we're blessed to have him. And I want to go back to what you said about the why, because yeah. because often people ask me, well, what can I say to mm-hmm. a woman who is pregnant who is considering an abortion, or what can I say to a person? who holds a a pro-abortion viewpoint. And my first response is to start asking them questions because you have to find out where they stand. Right, Right. why? Why do you think that abortion is your only option? Or why are you considering abortion? And when you find out what that reason is, then let's, let's tackle it together. Let's, whatever that fear is, whatever that concern is that you think is driving you to abortion, how can we fix it? How can we take that away? so that you can welcome this life into the world. Absolutely. What do you think are some of the misconceptions people hold about pro-life issues? To me and some of the, I don't know if they're misconceptions or not. So if, if I'm not really directly answering your question, please just stop me. We've known one another long enough. Thankfully, we're, we're over Zoom, so you can't cuff me in the back of the head if I start to. <laughs> um, but, but you could do it verbally. Pro-life issues should not be a Republican or a Democrat issue. It should just be a humanity issue, right? Um, sadly, politics has become almost a um, a competitive sport, right? I will always root for the Eagles no matter what. I will always root for the Steelers no matter what. Um, pro-life issues should not be that. It should not be I am always pro-choice no matter what. Um, no, you're not. <laughs> and, and when you drill down and you talk to somebody and you say, are, are you really OK with with killing somebody after they come out of the womb? Well, 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 no. Well, then don't say you're always pro-choice no matter what. Look at some of this legislation that is being proposed. Look at some of the dire consequences um, that, that, that some of the stuff would enact. Um, I just wish we could get away from the politics of it and get back to how can we protect life and, and to engage in those conversations. It's funny you mentioned that exact phrasing error. Cause I remember Steve friend, who was the architect of mm-hmm. the Pennsylvania abortion control act, which best of my knowledge is still intact. these days. Uh, we honored him at our PHL banquet and people asked him the very same question. He said, I'm pro-life, not because I'm conservative, not because I'm Republican, not because I'm Catholic, but because I'm a member of the human race. And I think that incremental approach, as you said, I mean, it's the whitewash is going on that you have to be across the board pro-choice when in reality, people, the average person does not really consider or think about meaningfully what that would entail. And I think there's, there's opportunities to incrementally work backward in in those, in in that type of worldview, which I think is misguided. Right. You know, we push legislation with, with you all, um, uh, maybe a session or so ago, the uh, Down Center Protection Act. You know, under the Abortion Control Act, you you can kill a child for whatever reason, up to twenty four weeks, except for sex selection. Right? You 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 can't say, oh no, I wanted a girl, killed a boy. You can't do that. And all we are trying to do is we should try to add a few words and say, or Down syndrome diagnosis. No, I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a conservative. I don't care if you call yourself pro-life. I don't care if you call yourself pro-choice. But are you really saying that you think it's okay to target people for extermination because they have Down syndrome? That is a terrifying view to take. 
if, if that's true. Because we can test for Down syndrome in the, room, in the womb, sometimes accurately, sometimes not so accurately. But what happens when we can start identifying other characteristics? Are you going to be okay with wiping out entire groups of people for baldness, <laughs> for um, a propensity for diabetes? I mean, where does it stop? And it's just what you said, Christopher. This is this is a human race issue. Laughed, and and I'm wondering um, what people who are pro-life should prepare for in the coming session, because I think that um, we could see perhaps uh, legislation that would be so all-encompassing as far as a, a so-called right to abortion is concerned that we could see the disappearance of parental consent, informed consent, 24-hour waiting periods for abortion, um, regulations for abortion facilities. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, stay informed. Please stay informed. Um, we have to pay attention to what's going on. And I know there are a million different things going on in, in every day's life. And I know life gets busy and complicated very, very quickly. You know, I I remember the days of going to work, working overtime, still having to pick up, you know, my my son from daycare or after practice, getting him home, getting him fed, going through homework, getting him ready for bed, sitting down. And and if I was lucky, getting 30 minutes of mindless television before I had to go to sleep and get up and do it all over again. But but these issues are so critically important. And 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 the importance of these issues will last for generations upon generation to come keep close watch of what the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is putting out. Pay attention to what the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference is putting out. Um, pay attention to what's being introduced in a legislator and not just the sound bites and the political uh, tidbits, but but really understand what these things are doing. And my, and I'll, I'll, I'll make this pitch because I always do, please set up meetings with your legislators, House and Senate, your own, back in the district, go in, talk to them. Find out something about them. Strike up that, that relationship with them. Don't get angry with them. Um, these can be very heated topics, but just talk to them about how you feel and why you feel. And then ask them, why do you feel the way you feel? Um, and just try to find some common ground. And most of all, pray for them. Just pray for them. These politicians are under a tremendous amount of pressure from all sides. Um they need to do the right thing, but they need God's guidance. Uh, they need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to enable them to make those choices. And for some of them, it's a tough political choice, but they need those gifts of the Holy Spirit um, to do that. Very well said. Eric Failing, Executive Director of the Pennsylvania uh, Catholic Conference. We want to thank you so much for being part of our Positively Pro-Life podcast. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Eric. Positively Pro-Life is made possible through the generous support of the members of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation all across the Commonwealth. The Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is the largest single-issue pro-life organization in the Keystone State, with more than 40 local county-based chapters. We shine a spotlight on the most vulnerable individuals, from the very dawn of life to the twilight of life. And remember, there's always a reason to choose life.